If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in our, in our place that we've been for four weeks, Isaiah chapter 9. We're, we're going to wrap up, and it's, I'm kind of sad that this series is, is coming to an end. We've, we've talked about Advent for four weeks now, and as I've shared with you before, this is the first time that I've ever really studied, spent time, and preached through what the Advent season is all about. And it's been re really good for me as well. I hope you haven't been annoyed by all of the texts that I've been sending, but just from my reading each day, those, those are things that... Uh, that have come through different things that I'm, I'm studying and reading through for Advent. And it's just, it's been so very good for me. Um, and I hope for you as well as we've dug into uh, what this is all about, that word, that Latin word, Adventus, that all it means, and, and I don't, don't reduce it to that, but what that word means is coming. And as we're going to look at in our, our verses in just a second, and what we've, what we've spent now four weeks unwrapping, pun intended, as, as we're approaching Christmas, is this, this season, this Advent season, this anticipation of His coming again, is we've been able, I hope, to take some time and just kind of pull away from all of the craziness of Christmas. And we've said it each week, there's something about Christmas time, and it is so very special. You know, Karen and I had the opportunity to, to have our first of a few family Christmas events, and it was a whole lot of fun to get together with family and spend time and laugh and eat a lot of food that we didn't need to eat, but just to be together and to spend some time instead of on what has us all distracted all of Christmas season, especially that hustle and bustle, the run and never-ending kind of stuff. And as we've talked about, that hustle and bustle turns into more hassle than it does anything about happiness. And we, through this, through this time and through this study, what I hope for all of us is that we've been able just to just to pause for a few minutes and, and remember what this season is about. And that word coming is so very important because as we're going to look at when we, when we read in Isaiah again, he was telling them that their king was coming. And they were anticipating his birth. And we now, uh, salvation is here for us and we get to look back at his birth and we get to look forward in anticipation of his coming and all of that together for us means hope because we have hope in Christ and that that first candle that we lit that very first week is the hope candle the prophet's candle and can, camel <clears throat> that prophet's candle um you know, the prophet told us 
that he was coming. And, and we have hope in his return. And God is offering us hope in this world that is so crazy. And we were talking about that even before we started this morning. You know, it's, it's just crazy, everything that's going on around us. And for the world around us, it's hard for some people to understand hope. Because we, we kind of use that word uh, in, in not always the best context. You know, well, we, we hope we don't get sick or we hope that we don't have a flat tire. But hope is so much more than that for us as believers because we know he came. We know he's coming again and we can rest in him and for us in all of the stuff that's how we, honestly, it's how I survive because I have hope. I know that none of this matters. Anything and everything that's going on, none of it matters. What matters is my hope in Christ. And I hope, huh, I hope that we're sharing that with others. But let's, let's take a look at, the, at those verses again in Isaiah chapter 9. And I've done it to you again this week, and I've started doing this on purpose. Some of the verses that we're going to read are going to be on the screen, and some of them aren't. So I want you to use your Bible, your phone, whatever it is uh, that you have with you so that you can follow along. These will be on the screen. Isaiah chapter 9, we'll read those three verses together again, verse 2, and then we'll skip down and read verses 6 and 7. But Isaiah writes for us, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And then move down to verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called. And here are these, these four powerful, powerful names. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment, the zeal, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And again, that, that hope that we have, He's made it happen. There's nothing for us uh, that we have to worry about or need to doubt. The passionate commitment of the Lord will make this happen. And again, we're looking back and we see his birth. And in just now, what, six days, we're going to celebrate his birth. And I hope it's really a celebration of his birth, not just all the goodies under the tree. But we're going to celebrate his birth as we're looking forward to his return. And I know this sounds repetitive, but that's what this is all about. We're anticipating his return. And in that second week, we lit the faith candle or Bethlehem's candle. And what we talked about in that week is our faith requires waiting. We, we, 
And, and that, you know, for the world around us, that's really strange because how, we don't wait on anything in this world, right? Everything is instant and it's there and it's ready to go. But waiting in our faith takes patience. And Isaiah was telling the people when he wrote those that, that, that we read this morning, he was telling them, you're going to have to wait. He's coming. And historians tell us that was somewhere around <clears throat> 700 years. <clears throat> it was about 700 years before he came. And we don't know when he's coming back. <clears throat> but in the waiting, patience is so important for us. But we're assured in the waiting. We're assured of his return and what's required of us in the waiting is preparation. We don't get to sit, and the analogy I used a couple of weeks ago, we don't get to sit like we're at the restaurant where we're going to go for lunch in just a little bit. We don't get to just sit and wait for him to bring us our food. We don't get to just sit and wait for him to return. We've got to be busy. And that word, if you remember, that we talked about we can hasten his return in our prayer and in the work and the preparation that we're doing, anticipating him coming back. But we don't get to just sit still and do nothing. As followers of Christ, and because of the hope that we have in Christ, we're required to do something. It's not, not a wait and see. It's a go and tell. And to make every effort for people around us to know in whom our hope is. So hope, faith. And then last week, we talked about joy. And sometimes that's a hard word, but we talked, we talked about joy and peace as, as we lit um, the shepherd's candle. You know, and happiness, there's these two words that we confuse. Happiness is part of joy. But happiness and joy are two different things because happiness is dependent on external circumstances. Joy is the experience of knowing that we are unconditionally loved and that nothing can take that away. Nothing can rob us of our joy. And our joy should be contagious. Is, does anybody share contagious joy in the world around you? Our joy should be contagious. And we should be a light in the world around us that brings peace. And all, all of these words, and these, so many of these words are words that we, we throw around all the time, but... Peace, we don't always use it, <clears throat> but peace is more, what we talked about last week, it's more than this. It's more than a sign. It's part of who we are and what peace means. Peace means completeness. And think about it. We have peace in Christ. He is the Prince of Peace because He 
restored for us peace with God. His sacrifice, His death and resurrection restored peace for us with God. We're no longer His enemies. And there's no longer a hole. I, use, I talked about the wall. You know, the wall that was broken down between us and God. There's not a hole in the wall anymore because of what Christ did for us, that sacrifice, the peace that He restored for us with God. We're complete. We're whole again. And that's nothing that we could do on our own. That required the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And He completed for us what we couldn't do ourselves. And if we don't have any hope in anything else, or joy in anything else, or faith in anything else, or live in peace in anything else, that should be what we rest in. Because we are made whole with God because of Jesus Christ. Salvation is here. We look back and we look forward to His return and peace there's there's going to be just a little bit of repetitiveness in this because this week we get to light our final candle if my lighter will work we get to light the final candle of the advent season the angels candle the prince of peace came the light of the world John 8 12 the light of the world came and again we're now eagerly anticipating his return but we get to celebrate his birth we get to be reminded of what the prophets told us and, and that great plan that God put together we get to celebrate and remember that he brought peace that He made us whole, that He brought us closer to God with what He has done. And again, the peace that we live in should be the peace that the world sees and knows around us. Some things that, that Paul recorded for us in a couple of places uh, because peace is also that that unity, that, that connection that brings us closer together. We're closer to God, but it brings us closer together. Colossians 3.15, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for us together, for us as a body, and for us as a people, as followers of, of Christ. And Second, second Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Peace. More than rest. More than just a sign. But peace in Christ because of what he's done. Because of that restoration that he's given us. To our Father. And that peace leads us, should lead us, our hope should lead us, our faith, joy, 
should lead us to adore Him. And I know we don't always use the word adore. You know, we don't, we don't always use the word adore except when we're singing the song that we sang a little bit earlier. But all of these, all of these things that we're celebrating in the Advent and celebrating in His return should lead us to a point of adoration. And, well, let's, let's, let's read first, and we'll, then we'll unwrap that a little bit. But join me. This is where I want you to join me in, in the Word. Go to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to take, uh, we're just going to take a couple of minutes. Um, and I don't, I don't apologize for that. We're going to take a couple of minutes, and we're going to read together the Christmas story and the idea and where we get this, this word and this idea of adoration. But Matthew chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 18, and then if you want to mark, we're going to flip over to Luke chapter 2, and then we're going to come back to Matthew chapter 2 and, and just follow the, uh, the Christmas story and uh, try to follow along with this. If you can, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, through Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph woke up, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. And then Luke chapter 2, join me. Uh, join me there as well, and we'll, we're going to read verses 1 uh, through 20. At, the, at that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. 
That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angels... The angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen and it was just as the angel had told them. And now back, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and we do have these for the screens. And this is where that word that we're talking about, that adore, that adoration, that's where we're going to see this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem and asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And that word, worship, that's the word in the original, that word adoration, an expression or a reverence. Of God, and you know, for us, um, worship has has taken a different look, and has even taken uh, a different meaning for us. But the heart of worship, the heart of adoration, has not changed, even though maybe we have changed it a little bit because you know we put we put restrictions on worship. You know, we, we put four walls around us and we come on Sunday mornings and, and we worship together. And this morning worship was incredible. But we, we put restrictions on that. We confine it to these four walls on, on this morning. And then we even limit what that ought to look like sometimes. And I'm not here... I'm not here criticizing any of us, but you know the reality for worship and and what we've what we've done to that word, that adoration, that reverence of Christ is. I mean, honestly, sometimes we've just taken the joy out of worship. But again, worship is not just about here. It's about our life because. 
we can make worship be about our circumstances instead of the certainty that we have in Christ. And that's, that's what I want to encourage us in this morning, that the hope, faith, joy, peace, that we have all of these things, they, they kind of stack together, they kind of lead to each other, but in, in a sense, in, in the reality, it's really kind of a, of a circle because our hope gives us faith that leads to joy, that gives us peace, and we adore Him. We worship Him for who He is, and that, that adoration that we have, that reverence that we have, points us right back to hope and restores our faith and gives us joy and peace and worship. And so it, it's, got a, it's got more of a circle to it than it does a, a stacking, but adoration, that deep, love and respect that we have for him devotion devotion to him as we glorify his name that should just be who we are not again where we are in a setting but worship that adoration of our king and what he's done for us and the truth the reality the promise that he's coming again that's who we are in Christ. And that should be what the world sees around us. A crazy, lost, confused world ought to see hope, joy, peace, adoration. And they ought to want to know what is wrong with you. How can you live that way in this world? Who do you know that I don't know? And, you know, if you ever have somebody ask you that question, they're kind of walking right into a conversation when they say, who is this? Oh, let me tell you about who this is. Because our adoration, our reverence, our love for him as we glorify him with our lives is so much more than admiration. You know, we admire a lot of things. We admire puppies. And we admire each other. But we adore our King. And we praise His name because of who He is and what He's done and what He's yet to do. We haven't seen it all yet. We know the end of the story, but we haven't seen it all yet. But we have so much to live for and to show the world around us. And Charlie, come on up. Uh, I want you to, I want you to uh, go ahead and, and get ready and even play a little bit because as, as we close this morning, we're going to close, of course, and sing and worship. But we're going we're gonna to close rejoicing in who he is so if you still have your bible go to psalm 150 and this is how we are going to conclude this time together this morning we're going to read i'll read you can follow along um, psalm 150 the closing of the collection of psalms 
and a psalm of praise. And so go ahead and stand with me. And as, as we read this together and as we enter into worship together, if you find yourself this morning and there's just something missing, joy, hope, faith, peace, all the hustle and bustle has just gotten you kind of pulled a thousand different directions. And you want to spend some time this morning in prayer and in restoration. Joe and Karen and I will be in the back. Uh, come find us. We would love to pray with you. And we, we want you to know, again, these things that we've talked about now for four weeks, but hope, faith, joy, peace, and then true worship, adoration of our King. Let's read together Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with lyre and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes Sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Father, this morning we do. We come to praise you, to adore you, to worship you, to revere you, to glorify your name. God, you are so good. And God, in you alone, we find peace. We have hope, and we are restored. God, as we worship you this morning, I pray that we would each respond to you, whatever that looks like for each one of us, but that we would respond to you. God, we love you so, so very much. 